Welcome to Two Discount Grocers and a Microphone. With me, as always, is Dylan. Dylan, what's going on, dude? Same old, same old, right? Same old, same old. Isn't that what the kids say now? I don't know. I don't know. They probably don't. No, no. Not at all. I don't know that the kids ever said that. (laughs) What What do the kids say now? Oh, uh, okay. So my, uh, I'm just going to call her my eight-year-old because her birthday is like next week. But uh, she says Gucci a lot. Like that's so Gucci. Um, she does uh, on occasion call me bra, uh, oh. for sure. Um, but then other than that, it's kind of just you know your normal stuff. You know, Dad, why are you an idiot? That kind of stuff. You know, the things kids say. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, my wife addresses me the same way, so, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. exactly, yeah. So kids and wives, you know, basically the same. Right. Dad, why are you an idiot? Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a change of plans uh, for this podcast. Uh, we had yeah. to make a little bit of an adjustment. Little little bait and guests. switch here. Bait and switch, yes. Yeah. So on the, on the last podcast, as we always do, we kind of signed off letting you know who was going to be on the next podcast, which would be this one. And it was going to be Kia from Long Beach. Uh, and Kia, um, it's, you know, totally, I mean, nobody understands this. I think it's total load of crap, basically. But uh, apparently, you know, there's some issues at the store. There's some this and that. And as we both know, there's never issues at grocery outlet. So I think she's just making it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I think, I think you can make t-shirts store happens. Like, yeah, yeah we were talking sure. about that. I mean, the, the biggest variable and yet the absolute constant is that there's, we're going to have issues and some days and weeks are more than others. And some, some days when it almost runs too perfectly, I got to imagine the majority of the operators are like, okay, yeah, it's perfect right now, but something could happen, and you just wait for that thing, whatever that thing is, right? Yeah, now, okay, listen, I got to know. Now, did you just make that up on the spot, or have you heard that before, store happens? Well, it's it's an old saying Okay, <laughs> that was something else. Remember, we're keeping this PG. Uh, yeah, no, I I understand the original the original yeah. saying. I'm just saying, did you come up with the? Did, did I come up with the, the store happens together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, well, kudos to you, man. That's that's I like that. That's great. Is, and is it Gucci? It, it's totally that is that's totally Gucci, bro. Uh, don't even. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you know, I think that uh, when we eventually come out with the two discount grocers and a microphone merch <laughs> line, right? That uh, store happens, right? Will have to be one of the first things that we come out with. You know, I think it's, uh, yeah, I, right. it has to be yep. at this point. So it was it was birthed on episode thirteen. So. Yeah, that that's how we're gonna pay for this thing because you know we, we don't charge for it. So we'll we'll come up we'll come up with some store happens merch and and uh, hawk <laughs> it to our fellow operators. You know, at the oper- Menville on the back. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. You get what you get, right? We'll be at the operator meeting. It'll be like our version of a lemonade stand or something. <laughs> now, anyway, a question a question yeah. I haven't asked you for a while is: Do you have any new quotes that you like? Because I heard one a couple days ago. But I want to know first, do you have any that you've heard that you're like, you know, I want to bring this up, but you didn't know of a good way, so I'm going to bring it up for you? No. No. Okay. Absolutely not. So 
there's this one speaker I was listening to, and, and again, I'm not going to, you know, word for word, but he said, uh, as an owner of a business, you don't get the luxury to complain in public. You don't get the luxury to get upset. Now, obviously, different levels of that, right? But it talks about as a leader, you need to make sure that you are kind of well-balanced and you withhold some of your public venting. Now, I'm not talking about this podcast or whatever, but like think of it from a store level on your sales floor. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be the person that gets overly frustrated or that just lashes out. You know, it's got to be reserved or, or in the right time, you know, but as a, as a main leader, uh, you need to be a lot more calm, you know, a lot more demure, high class, a lot more, maybe, Gucci, is that what wow. you're? Is that what you're getting at there? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually, I, I, I would be happy if I never heard that again. Actually, <laughs> and and the problem is that we're going to hear this now way too often. Yeah, 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 yeah. But For but sure. it's that it's that mentality of of, uh, you know, you need to be you need to be the captain of your ship, and you need to be a lot more just uh, balanced. Now, again, we're always going to have, you know, a, a temper on one side, and and there's going to be times that it comes out obviously. Uh, but one thing we try to teach, you know, to our PACs is again, if if you're this captain of your ship or 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 this pilot, and if you're in panic mode your people go into panic mode. And again, there are times you have to for sure. But for the most part, you got to kind of maintain that mentality of all your people around you. Um, and I just, I, I liked hearing it because I believe that wholeheartedly that again, you got to, you got to reserve your frustrations and, and come up with more action plans for them. But anyway. Right. And was that person that, was that you that came up with that quote talking to no. Tanya or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. You know, Tanya, I, I just heard this quote. Uh, I don't, where is not important. Uh, no, no. Okay. okay. Nice try though. Just check it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway. So yeah. So Kia, Kia is indisposed this week. She's handling her business as she, as she should. Um, and is not going to come on our silly little podcast yet but so uh instead uh we called in uh jake hoffman from eugene yeah <laughs> and uh oh oh was that my segue yeah uh, yeah yeah yes, yeah you know, it, was a pause, uh, it was a pause for you yeah, to to yeah. Ch- chirp in there but that's yeah. fine i can keep talking all, oh, uh, the whole time we, we know you can we know you can <laughs> No, I think it was it was fun. Uh, again, diff- whole different insight of operations from how he came into the business and how he operates, and at a volume that uh, most have never would will never see. Um, in in a, a small box store, just went through a remodel. But anyways, we'll let him explain his story coming up. So with that, anything else you want to add, Mister Mike? Not a thing, Dylan Doug. <laughs> All uh, right, let's let's uh, let's segue to this Gucci conversation with Mister Jake Hoffman. All right, and with us is Mister Jake Hoffman. How the heck are you, man? Doing well. Good morning, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, by the way, um, you know, you you are a friend. I've I've known you for a while now, um, and I haven't we haven't had you on the podcast yet. And uh, thank you for stepping in last minute on this thing. Uh, our our last guest Kia had to push till next week, and so uh, Jake is here, feeling a little bit like uh, sloppy seconds chopped liver. But uh, but boy, he he jumped right on it, and he, he you're bailing us out, brother. Thank you. You're welcome. Not the first time it's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he was ready to go. He had so much equipment, just oh yeah, rocking, yeah rolling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Jake, why don't you tell the people uh, about yourself? How you came to Grocery Outlet? You know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my story is kind of unique. Uh, and that I am a second gen. Uh, my parents had the Springfield store uh, for 40 some years. Um, so 
I was the kid you see in the pictures uh, with a little apron on with the hand stamper and, you know, um, all that fun stuff. And, you know, back then it was literally, it was just canned food. That's what we did. And we were in the complete salvage business. Now, I know everybody's seen the videos and stuff, but I actually kind of lived that when I was a little kid. And um, it was a lot, a lot simpler then. Um, uh, we were closed on Sundays. I think we're open like nine to six and it was a lot easier to have that uh, family lifestyle and um, uh, you know, have a Sunday off and everybody, the whole family has a day off. So it was a, it was a good childhood. Although saying that, like we also gave up uh, like we didn't go on vacations. I didn't go to Disneyland until I was like 40 years old. Um, not that I regret it, um, but it was it's definitely a lifestyle then and it's still lifestyle today. Um Went to, you know, yeah, local. so, well, Go ahead. yeah, I was gonna, so, okay, so you grew up in the grocery outlet, and then, uh, at what point did you move, uh, you know, get off your parents' coattails and, uh, get your own store and, and that sort of thing? So, I'll give you a precursor to that and I'll get to that. Okay. So, so uh, went to college, got my degree, came back to Springfield, and I was like, you know, I, I was working at the store every, you know, winter break, every summer break, every spring break. So I was like, oh, might as well just give this a go full time. Um, kind of treated it like a job in the beginning and not a career or a lifestyle. And, you know, worked my five days a week, put in my eight to nine hours a day and was basically throwing the freight and, you know, slowly got more and more responsibility. And then, you know, all of a sudden I was, you know, doing the hiring and the firing and I was writing all the orders and, you know, all kind of running into the, uh, basically being groomed, um, and so what, uh, a lot of these, uh, AOTs are, you know, learning in a very short period of time. I got lucky to have, uh, about 12 years of that. So from 02 to 14, I worked for my parents. Um, once again, taking on more, more responsibility. And in 2014, uh, I got the opportunity to take over the, uh, uh Eugene location. Gotcha. And it, and it kind of looks like you lucked out with the uh, Eugene location because it's kind of a small volume store, right? <laughs> yeah. So I want to get into that because <laughs> yeah. in the beginning though, right? Because uh, what what was uh, what was Eugene doing versus what was Springfield doing at that point in time? I'm trying to remember what Springfield was doing. I know Eugene was like, right, like 133, 134. And I want to say Springfield was probably like 165, 170, okay. I think somewhere in there. So Eugene was the the definite step down. It was the little brother, yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh we don't need to get into exactly what you're doing now, but um more than more than double, right? I'd say. Uh, yes, more than double. Yes. Okay, there <laughs> Mike, we go. Mike, you the line here, right? <laughs> well, I think it's relevant. I think it's very relevant. Yeah, right. So uh when did you get to when did you get to Eugene? Uh, December 30th, 2014. Not that I remember at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so you're, you're 10 years into Eugene and, uh, talk about kind of when you first got there and, uh, your meteoric rise to, uh, yeah. superstardom. Uh, -huh. so, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I knew exactly what to do, but in a real sense, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. Um, we get there. Uh, there was an existing crew there already. Um, I, you know, interviewed all the people and hired all back all the people who want to stay, and then started kind of getting a feel for the place. Well, when I when I went over there, my parents decided to retire a couple weeks later. Well, I had some key people from Springfield, and now I know we weren't supposed to. You know, you're not supposed to poach, right? Because I could have taken the whole crew with me and just gone whatever. So, uh, the the next operators, Tom and uh, Tracy. Um, uh, we agreed kind of like, okay, I, I'll, I took some people and then I gave them, uh, a stud. Um, and then actually that stud still is Blake in, in Bend. He's still working in grocery outlet and he's gotcha. like Billy's right hand man. So it might not have been a complete fair trade, but he got, he got a good one. So I took six guys from six people from Springfield. And so as I got to know the Eugene crew over that two weeks when I didn't have the Springfield people, um, I kind of saw some strengths and weaknesses and I had some people that were doing things way over their skis and other people who were not given enough responsibility. So there was talent in that building. It just, no offense to anybody previous, but like it just wasn't being utilized correctly. Um, so 
I took what talent I had in Eugene and the talent that came with me in Springfield. Now, these Springfield people, some of them have been around, you know, since I was like nine years old. So I had a, I, I mean, they're more like family than anything else. Um, so that's a unique thing too, where you can bring over trusted people. I mean, that's not fair. That's a, it's a cheat code, right? So I had talent in Eugene and then I had the people that came over and we just blended them together. And it was, uh, you know, the blessing of guys is that, you know, you know, there was kind of an anticipation as I was working that it's 12 years in Springfield that I would take over the Springfield store. Well, the best thing that ever happened to me was not getting the Springfield store and, and having to start over on my own. Not in m- mom and dad's shadow, um, you know, nothing like, oh, your parents didn't do that way. Well, this is a whole new show. So, um, and by the way, got to give Hal and Lori and Brookings, that's where I did my training. That was huge for me to get out and see how someone else did it. Cause I took a lot of what Hal and Lori do there and blended in what my parents did. And, uh, uh that, that was a, a good recipe for success, but yeah, so get the Springfield people in. And so, you know, I had this whole thing of, it was this perfect storm. We had a store reset. We got rid of a ton of stuff and like reset the store, uh, got a different product mix going, um, made store make more sense. And then the perfect storm of you guys heard of this Nosh thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Heard of it? yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So in 2015, when we were going, we, they, the Nosh initiative was created by grocery outlet. In fact, I missed a regional meeting because we were resetting the store where they were introducing Nosh <clears throat> and uh, Eric Sapp, my, my DSM, and he had just gotten hired there. And so he was kind of giving me a, you know, Hey, this thing's going to be a thing. So, you guys are going to kill this. You should start. We were one of the first stores to have an, a Nosh aisle set because we were resetting the store at the same time. Well, right. um, obviously we do. It's Eugene, Oregon. It's fish in a barrel when it comes to Nosh. Do you guys so, do pretty well in Nosh? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, we do okay. Yeah. <laughs> our, our weekly sales are okay and our Nosh penetration is okay. You're managing. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So the whole idea, because we had the we had a wine sale coming up in April. And I'm like, okay, here's the plan. We got four months before we have to get this all dialed in um and then we're going to kind of do a, let's set the table and do like a reintroduction for this wine sale and so once that wine sale hit we just we go from 133 to 165 and then just 20 percent growth for a couple years over um yeah it was, it was a crazy ride it still is a crazy ride yeah absolutely uh you know and can't remember if i've said this on the podcast or not so if i have i i apologize to everybody but with that nosh thing it just reminded me of because in that same time in 2015 that's when i first started at st john's like literally two months before not even two months like a month before that regional meeting and we were one of the few stores that already had a nosh aisle in the store and on my first inventory, we ripped out the Nosh aisle and integrated. <laughs> and uh, Tom McMahon came uh, and walked the store like two days before my inventory when we were getting ready to pull everything out. And he's like, you know, what's going on here? And it's like, oh, we're, we're pulling out the Nosh aisle. We're going to integrate because we had a tiny store and we did really good Nosh penetration you know, sales there. Uh and uh, he's like, you know, we're about to announce Nosh Isles in every store. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I just, I think this will be better here. It just makes a lot more sense. And he's like, okay, well, hope that works out. Then they didn't say a word. And I've, I haven't had Nosh Isles since. So, <laughs> so Jake, because I, I know you're one of the top Nosh stores and, and I know that Eugene, it, it's going to happen organically anyway, but kind of tell us your setup for Nosh. Like, do you have the aisle? Do you have integrated? Do you like, like what's your focus on it? Because I've seen you putting up 30, 40% Nosh penetration numbers at times, which is crazy to me. So yeah, tell us your, your, your plan. So we, uh, we just had a remodel this last fall winter. Uh, and during that remodel, uh, we we had like a a nosh aisle, but we had been slowly integrating throughout the whole store for for a really long time. But we still had a destination nosh aisle, um, and it was basically we had powders and uh, some of the milks and that kind of stuff. It wasn't a you know again it was categoric. Um, and then when we did the remodel, it was uh, remodel. Everything was definitely integrated. Um, we still have a uh, you know a gluten free aisle, and then we still have a. Um, a healthy type aisle where it's once again, it's the powders, 
Um, and then we moved all the protein powders in with that. So it's, it's more of a health health aisle, but, uh, yeah, it's been integrated for a long time, just officially more now. But the big thing that we got is with the remodel, our ability to hit the frozen and refrigerated, um, vegan or meatless or whatever, what have you. Um, and we had already added, we did a lot of stuff outside the box, um, as far as like bringing coolers in. Um, and putting things in them. So we had a, on the end of the uh, Nosh aisle, the, the OG version, um, we put a, a vegan cheese cooler at the end of the Nosh aisle. And so we just we found a cooler, put it in. Um, and so that was, that's the next level of what we're doing next is like all of the, all the vegan, and the meatless is where the, some of those number, numbers are being driven from. So at this point, I mean, since you've kind of integrated, I can guess the answer, but at this point, having had been very successful with the traditional just nosh aisle, and then what you got going now, is your preference integrated or, and why? I, I might not have, uh, we integrated nosh <laughs> probably about a year after, but we still had a destination for the nosh aisle, but we started taking all the ant pennies, I was selling them so fast, there's not enough space. So we put them in line with the vegetables. And, okay, uh, so you've been integrated. You had the nosh aisle for about a, the traditional nosh aisle for about a year, and then maybe okay, like all the salty snacks that we sell that are nosh, like it was basically our entire chip aisle. So like if I tried to put that in one aisle, I would have been shooting myself in the foot or restocking it at every three hours. Now, right. if your power wall is your power wall traditionally like ninety percent nosh, I've been in your store a couple times. I feel like both times it was every nosh item. Up uh, in so. We have an interesting uh, entryway, if you will. Um, we have what you do, what we call, I don't know, for a better term, we call it the awesome wall, right? So you walk straight into the store and we have this display that is entirely, it's 90% nosh. And it's usually like higher end stuff. Um, you know, the, I'm spacing now, the, the Aussie bites and that kind of stuff, um, stuff that turns over well, that's, you know, higher priced and, you know, we'll do the coconut oil up there sometimes and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but then the traditional power wall, um, it's a mix and match. Like I, you know, I've seaweed up there, but also kettle chips up there. And um, so it, we sell a lot of seaweed for whatever reason. That's another. Yeah, I, I, I don't like know why. Seaweed. Oh, yeah, 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 but we sell a lot of it too. So, okay. So kind of getting back. So you, so you take over Eugene, you bring over some of the crew from Springfield, you Mix match, kind of put people in the what you feel like the right places are, and then you start seeing twenty plus percent increases year over year over year. What was that like? Uh, it was. I was tad chaotic. I I was pretty good. Um, I always said like I had in the beginning. I felt like I had a crystal ball, and like we're starting to get a routine down where like I could see where I would expect growth. Um, now in the beginning, I, the crystal ball got blurry, but as it, this had kept happening over and over again, I, I could start to see some trends and when we were going to you know, bump up in sales again. So in the beginning, like you go from doing 133 to 165, you, and then you got to add, it's that tweener mode, right? Well, now I need a person and a half in frozen. You know, I, I don't quite need two people, but I don't need, it's more work than one. And so you start to hire for that. And it's like, okay, you're frozen half the time, but you got to do grocery the other half of the time. And then trying to have those uh, Swiss army knives of, of employees is, is, you know, they're hard to find. And when you find them, you got to keep them. Um, so that was the, that was a challenge. And so in the beginning, uh, you know, <laughs> when we hit 165, I think we were like, you know, 4.5% labor margin because I wasn't hiring enough people to keep up with the volume. And then as I started to see that, um, the trend I could over hire to meet a, a sales goal and then be, you know, at a, a decent level where we could, we could, we could do the volume with the people we had on hand. And it wasn't like, Oh crap, you know, I got to work seven days a week and um, we're working 12 hours a day and I'm asking guys to work overtime and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it was a challenge. Now you're uh I believe you're one of the more successful school town stores. Um, do you have a big, uh, you know, uh, drop off in sales for summertime when people go home or is it pretty consistent across the board or? I'd argue that probably more school kids shop at the Springfield store. Okay. It's, it's actually as a bird fly. It's, it's closer to campus. It's easier commute. Okay. Um, so we really serve, um, 
we really serve that neighborhood. And we have an interesting, I, I, I swear this is another part of the secret sauce. If you look at the way our store is set up, I have a natural barrier by having um, a, a, a highway, right? And then I have a natural barrier, and I wish you guys could see my hands right now. So a natural barrier on the other side where it is an expressway. And then a natural barrier on the other side that is a river. So I basically have this neighborhood trapped. And it's they can choose to try to cross over. They can choose to go two ways. And either way, you can go to a Winco one way, um, which is one of the busier Wincos in the parking lots, chaos and good luck, have fun. Or they can choose to go to Albertsons or Safe or Albertsons or Fred Meyer the other way. Same exact thing. The parking lot's a mess. In order to even get in the Fred Meyer, I swear you park and walk 10 minutes before you even get in the building. Um, and then the Albertsons, yeah, it's just Albertsons. Who cares? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Wait, can I say that? That yeah. level. That's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it, I think and it was, I was talking okay. to uh, uh, Dan in Oregon City about this. Because he has something similar at Oregon City where he kind of traps the neighborhood in. Right, right. So uh, I just need to ba- build a big, beautiful wall. Yes. I won't Tra- leave that alone. Tra- tra- no, sorry. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Careful. Wow. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> how's that? How's that? And I'm going to have what's Jake. Your, what's it say I'm going to build a big, beautiful wall, and Jake's going to pay for it. <laughs> can't, oh, can't read what it says on your red hat there. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead, yeah, Dylan. Okay, uh, I kind of want to jump to one thing you said before about you know you growing up in the company and and you know you working in your parents' store because you know Mike and I both have kids and a lot of operators who have kids. I, I'm curious if there's any advice you'd give for people with youngins that you want to get going in this business again whatever direction they go is going to be fine but like your experience was it overall was it positive was was there any advice you'd give to newer parents who would love their kids to be involved more and when well, the time is right it's an interesting question because i have i have a nine-year-old a seven-year-old and they'll come with me to work every once in a while but it's 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 different now than it was then um you know now there's a lot more moving parts and the whole thing. And like, you know, uh, you know, I was, you know, as a little kid, I was literally just pricing things. Well, I can teach a little kid how to price. Well, we don't price things anymore. Right. I can teach a kid how to sweep, you know, that's a pretty, but like, you know, my nine-year-old could start probably using a scanner, but then you're putting a scanner in a nine-year-old's hands, you know? Um, so stocking is probably the thing that I, I've had my kids do the most with me. Um, and of all things that haven't helped me with the wine section. So that's, they don't break. I, t- I tell them. I told them this. I said, if you don't break a bottle, you're not going fast enough. And if you do, if you do break a bottle, um, I expect you to break one. You break two, you're going too fast. So <laughs> I gave. There's some advice for you to teach them how that. But to answer your question, Dylan, I would not trade my childhood. It was awesome. Yeah, okay. Um, but also remember um, taking the Nintendo, doing inventories, and playing Nintendo upstairs in the office. Um, so that was you know. I was entertained. Mike, Mike still does that. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, his typical yeah. inventory exactly. guy right there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I Gosh. You know, whenever I see uh, people post pictures of like their kids in the office and stuff, I go, man, how do you get anything done? <laughs> I guess <laughs> I was like, if I brought Sloan to the store, uh, well, whenever I do bring her to the store, just nothing happens because she's like, dad, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm like, okay. And then I end up having to just be there with her while she's air quotes helping, you know? <laughs> well, and I think, yeah, I think there's gotta be that, that age where it, it probably is beneficial for both. You know, I, same way there are times when Tony and I are like, Oh, we'll bring Finn. Uh, th- that's the best. Yeah. Worst day ever. You know what I mean? Nothing will ever get done. Uh, but yeah, maybe if there are 10, 11, 12, but who knows, who knows? And as far as a kid using a scanner, I'm going to guess my kid could use a scanner better than I can at this point. Cause they are scary how technology advanced they are at a young age. But so I want to, I want to kind of get into the kids thing here in a second, but I'd real quick kind of going back. Cause, and you went through many sales volumes quickly and, uh, what what sales volume did you feel like was like the easiest to manage? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> so it was probably around the 200 mark. 
um, labor margin and labor was in check. Oh, God, that was probably 2000, 2016, 17. So, uh, I think like the minimum wage wasn't that substantial. Like it hadn't made a big jump yet. Um, and then uh, I, it just, it was, it was like when you get that spot where like it takes two people to run the freezer, it takes three people to run the deli. It takes two or three people. Like when you get that perfect number of people to the department, it's just beautiful. And you can hit that at different numbers, but usually then you're hiring that third person when you hit 275 and then that's, that becomes a challenge too. Cause then it's you, another, you just, lo- you just lost 200 or about 98% of your listeners. We said, when you hit 275, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> sorry. Uh, so, okay. So you brought, you brought, when you, when you came over, you brought people from Springfield. You, they had a lot of people that were there, like you said, since you were a kid. Yep. So how many employees do you have that you've had for more than 10 years? Would you say 10 years? Okay. Yeah. So since I've had from the beginning. Yeah. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven from, from get. Yeah. And gotcha. like, I would say there'd probably be four more with me, but they've since, uh, uh, retired, basically retired or right. Right. One, one was a medical thing. One was just, you know, actually most of them were medical. Gotcha. Uh, so without getting into like specifics on, you know, wages and all that kind of stuff, but what has been your kind of your thought process, your mentality as far as retaining those kind of long-term employees? Um, yeah. How, how, are, how are you going about doing that? So, once again, I don't mean to for this to sound braggy, but like uh, at some point you realize you can't do it all yourself when you hit start hitting certain sales. So you have to hire good people to do it. And then you have a choice. Do I, you know, see how this kind of goes? And if they're okay, you know, keep them along or whatever, or do I try to find someone new? And then I got to start all over again with a new person. Um, or if I have someone great, um, do I just keep giving them raises to keep them, uh, to, to keep us, to keep them from looking somewhere else, right? That's what all we're trying to do. And, you know, of those, you know, six people, you know, um, you know, most of them, well, not, I've been, so there's batch number one, I take it. So batch number one is from, but then if you go to five, who've been there for five years, right. it goes to like probably 10, 11, 12. So that's the batch that I've really focused on keeping and training and, and just building them up, give them more responsibility, get more responsibility, they pay more. Um, but it was definitely a balance. And then uh, I'll just segue into, uh, you know, about four years ago, I, I had a, a life change where I was not being able to be at the store as much as I was in the beginning. Um, so um, I had my kids a lot more. Um, I had a lot of transition uh, on a personal side. And so, I, I realized when I looked back, um, for the first couple of years when I was, you know, in life, life before, um, I was babysitting these guys, completely babysitting them. Like I was the one going in early on to unload a truck on Saturday morning. Like, and I had the guys who knew how to unload a truck standing next to me. And I'm like, what, what are we doing here? And so I finally, okay, you guys are opening the store on Saturday morning. Like I, I can't do it anymore. I just, I can't, I have to be with my kids. And so, um, that was a big awakening moment for me to like back off a little bit and like let these guys actually spread their wings and fly a little bit. So that was, but with that, you know, then I got to pay them a little bit more, but they took on more responsibility. So that was fair. Right. So uh, what was the question again? <laughs> no, no, I, 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 yeah, you're right there. It's, um, you know, retaining, retaining those long-term employees, you know, so, and what's your, you a, your mindset yep. on this? So you have a choice. You can either, start over and then retrain someone else and get them for less. And like, that's a great way to keep your labor margin down. Or it can be a Thursday morning at a 10 o'clock and you can be in a t-shirt talking to two guys on, you know, on a podcast. Absolutely. What, what do you think? What do you think that kind of, and I know it varies between people and kind of what they do and stuff, but what's that magic number as far as years of service before 
you really start going, nah, I don't, I don't, I need to hold on to this person. I, I don't, I think it's, I don't know if it's a number or like, how important are you to me? Like, what do you do that? How hard would it be to train someone else to teach them what you do with you do? And that's usually the question I ask myself. Cause I've had, you know, I've got guys who, you know, ask for a raise and I kind of do the math and I'm like, I could hire someone you know, for 18 bucks an hour and save a significant amount of money there, but I probably would need two of them. So it's actually $36 an hour. So I'm paying you less than 36. So that works. Right. Right. So, so yeah, so you, you went to, so you said about like four years ago, you kind of went to, to single operator, single dad, uh, and you know, you had your, your team, uh, step up, uh, for you kind of changed what you were doing in the store. Uh, how long did that transition take or is it still ongoing? Um, yeah, it's, it's still ongoing. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I'll step away for a little bit and then I go back and it's like, um, it's not like I, I don't go on vacation. I'm still in the vicinity and I still go check in or do whatever, but like, it's one of those things where then I'll step in, I'll really step in. And like, I just, I rage for about a week (laughs) because there's so many little things not going right. And then I, we get it all, you know, fixed and then I can back, back off again. Um, but yeah, I usually, I usually, uh, I'm chewing my gum very hard when during those times. Well, and you did this, you know, the, the, the change that happened, that was pre COVID too. So you did all this new stuff and and knew the way you operated and then COVID. Yeah. So what your town, your town took that pretty seriously, didn't it? Yes, yes, we did. Okay. Okay. It was, it was, uh, (laughs) I don't even, we had, we had people trying to fight each other and like in the store and, and I'm not, I'm not picking sides here. One, one person disagrees with the other person. And then I've got a, I'm, I'm the policeman here. And uh, I just, just, so I just, I just want to clarify though, because, you know, I think most people, when they hear people getting customers, getting upset, it's like, you know, mask versus no mask. But in Eugene, it's like one mask versus two masks. And they're like, you know, back and forth about what you should have. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, and then and there's and then there's and then there's K Falls. Hey, 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 just hey, like, yeah. hey! I bet K Falls and Eugene were the opposite, where ninety percent of ninety uh-huh. percent of mine were masked, and then the two percent were just just. Uh, they were. You must you must round it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, we were. I think we were squarely in the middle. We had a we had a solid, you know, kind of a 50-50 thing yeah. happening. Yeah, in McMinnville. Anyways, yeah. this is about Jake and his store right now. So. <laughs> So what? No, <laughs> you get a follow no, up or something? Sure. No, no, that's it. No, I'm just trying to. <laughs> anyway, this is about Jake. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Silence. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you, are you happy with the way things are going? I mean, you feel like they're 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 going well and trending in the right direction. Yeah. Um, obviously, it seems like we have. It's a new challenge every year. So, you know, we went through the COVID stuff, finally kind of got some respite from that. And then uh, we have all these exciting new changes with, with, you know, corporates bringing up, which are going to be great for the stores once, you know, we get them all dialed in. Um, but it's it's still a change. And like, it still adds pressure and anxiety and like making sure we're getting it all right. And then we just go through this remodel that was, you know, we were there late night sometimes. And then that was exhausting. And then, yeah, just always something, and it's like I just give me give me a year where with not let's give me give me a year, and we haven't I haven't had that yet. So, um, but so your your remodel, what all did you have done? Because yeah, I haven't been over to your place since then. So, uh, it looks fantastic. We got, I mean, we were a tad outdated in some areas, um, and some stuff we were relatively it wasn't that big of an of an update. So, um. But it's still saying that it's an entirely brand new store for the most part on the inside. Um, we got uh, all new racking. Um, we reset a couple. We, we reset an aisle so that we could actually add another aisle. So we got an extra aisle. Um, we got all of our freezers are uprights now. And I've got four frozen end caps. Um, I've got 
two two coolers on the back end caps that are standalones um, that are for refrigerated food, which is huge for us. One of them is all vegan, and then one of them is all our local like dips, like our hummus and and salsa and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, what do we have? We got twenty four foot uh, produce case with a twelve foot salad, which is pretty standard now. And then we got a sixteen foot meat case. So we could actually do some meat sales because we were doing an eight foot meat case that entire time. Um, and then we added, uh, we added two more doors in the, in the uh, milk box, which is actually more space because the doors are different than our, the old doors. And then I think we added, I think we only added four linear feet in our, the way our deli was set, but then we got the two end caps of, of the deli product. And then we added, uh, we had a, we already had a cheese Island, but we got an updated cheese Island. And then the big thing we got was, uh, a variable temperature bunker. These things are freaking awesome, man. You can do you can do refrigerated or frozen food in those, depending on what you, what you have. Um, and then the next biggest thing is probably is um, so before I had I had six, I had five three door um, beer coolers and one two door beer cooler, and I I bought all those but one myself from the local vendors. Cause like I knew, I knew if I pushed it, we would get the sales and we do really well. And, uh, you know, the microbrew, the local, cause Eugene's a, a hub for microbrews. Um, and so we have, I think we have a very large open air, um, beer set. Um, I don't know if I even want to say how many feet it is because it's kind of absurd. Um, it, it's just between us. You can say it. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think it's 44 feet. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought i thought you were gonna say like 24 uh, maybe 28 40 okay i think it's 45 I'd, I'd have to don't quote me on that but i i'm pretty sure I'm pretty oh sure. oh it's it's been quoted and i just put in an eye care ticket right now i would yeah. like a 44 foot uh i'll get rid of an aisle if i have to wow. yeah it's uh it might be it might be a tad overkill um but i'll tell you we we have we have trouble keeping it full man because it's we have so much variety and trying to keep it full all the time is, is a challenge so have you seen, uh, again, don't want to get into numbers, but like since your remodel, have you seen a significant spike or is it, I mean, you've already been growing so much anyway over the last 10 years, but have you seen something substantial yet? So the ones, the biggest substantial ones are the ones we were lacking in before. So our meat sales were compared to the volume we did in, in total weekly sales, our meat sales were not there. Now the meat sales are more in line. So that was a huge jump. Produce sales. Our produce, it's one of those things where like the longer a store has been around and then if we add a new department, so if in this case, produce. So when produce was obviously added before this, but produce was never really set right in that Eugene store. It was always looked, it didn't ever look right. Now it is absolutely gorgeous. I've got a, a really good produce team right now and it is just, it just, it just glows. The whole corner glows with the, with the, the salad case and then the meat case right next to it. The whole corner just sets the whole store. Um, but our produce sales have exploded. So those yeah. two things we were lacking in are the ones that have exploded. Are we did we did okay in beer and wine? Um, we alienated our beer and wine customer during that remodel because I basically didn't have a wine section during the during the wine sale. I had the middle freezers ripped out, so I was dropping pallets of wine. In, in with the chaos going because I had to remove all the stuff in that section because we we're putting in the beer cooler. So we alienated, so we lost that customer for a little bit. I think we're now we're getting them back this summer, it feels like. So those sales are starting to come back a little bit. Um, and then uh, uh, health and beauty is, is, is bumped up a little bit because we've added some in cap. We made that look better. We started putting the proteins in line outside of that. And so that's, that's helped out sales on that too. Um, and groceries just remain steady. And, and and you got new steel. You didn't go to Logier, correct? We did new steel and but Logier in calculated areas. Okay. So like my uh you know where we have our powders and that like that Nashi type aisle. Okay. That, that's Logier. We did our soap on Logier, we did our pet food on Logier. Um so we did we did calculated Logier in different spots. Do you and want then, to go to all Logier for your store? I don't because I will I, I like the way it's set now. I got okay. the um more narrow racks when we did the reset. That's how I was able to get that extra aisle. Got it. Okay. So right. Our aisles, the depth of our aisles now makes sense to like, you know, I can go X amount of cans, cans back and have it make sense, you know? Um, so 
I, I think our set's good. I like having the mixture of, of the Logier and the steel, but that's, but that's what works for me. I could gotcha. see where if, if I had a smaller footprint and I wanted to add more aisles, Logier would make more sense. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, you know, Dylan, you're, you're a California store, so you're not in our region. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, between, uh, Jake and then Lambert and Rhonda out in Prineville and, a couple other stores, man. You guys are really giving me a hard time on this uh, percent <laughs> percentage of increase thing. <laughs> it's depressing every time I check out uh, the uh, the the numbers there. Uh, but anyways, good job to you, man. You guys are you guys are really you you really did something with that remodel. I know you were a little concerned about it when we talked about it before about you know, when Gershout invests X amount of dollars into your store, you know, they're not doing it just to be nice, not just because they like you, they, they expect a return out of it. And, uh, you know, we all know that the, the more dollars you're doing, the harder it is to post a solid, uh, mm -hmm. percentage increase. Uh, but, uh, yeah, your, your, your concerns were unfounded. It looks like. Yeah. yeah but part of not, being worried about it is, is, is it, I think it's a good thing. And we kind of talked, Mike and I played golf recently and we were talking about like, uh, I always feel like that store can be taken away from me any day. And like that, that's what, you know, helps drive me to want to keep doing it and continue to be successful is because, um, I got that from my parents, by the way, like my mom was worried every day that they're going to come in and take the store away from when they made it 40 freaking years. Right. Um, but that's kind of that, insane drive is what made them successful. And so I've, I've had it bred into me. So, um, you know, and I, I know our store standards are there, uh, you know, all the time. It, it, it eats at me. It makes me, makes me very anxious. I'm getting all fidgety in my chair right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a real thing. It could happen. So gotta stay on your toes. Yeah. So another thing that keeps you on your toes, I would imagine is having your DSM live in the same town as you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we uh, nice transition by the way. <laughs> <Ellen>. <laughs> it, it, so how, how how's that? How's that work out for you? It's actually a good thing because it's um it allows us to have uh a, you know we we're not hanging out on the weekends, but it allows us to have a, a unique relationship where um you know we we can share in things that happen locally because we both live in the same town and and are the same age and grew up in the same area. You know so. Um, it uh, it's I like it. It's good. And yeah. I don't know. I think I think Eric's come, been up. Eric's been brought week. up on our podcast. I think probably almost every podcast, some way or another. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I still like the reference of somebody's talked about sap dripping from their ceiling, and we talked about Eric being shirtless, clinging to the ceiling, just dripping sweat. I don't know. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that back. Okay. <laughs> well, that was the mental picture that just came to my, <laughs> you should, so you're, you should, you're welcome yeah, for erase that. that. Yeah. That was, that was back on like episode three or something like that. It's all starting to, all starting to come together now, you know, blur together. <laughs> so overall benefit is what you're saying. Having uh, a DSM live really close to you. I mean, I would say 90% of the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that 10% that it's not. No. <laughs> All right, Jake. So you've been doing this for a while, obviously. Uh, any advice you would give to AOTs or new operators during the beginning struggles, um, or hell, struggles five years in, or anything? Just yeah, give us some give us some insight to your brain. So the, the first thing I think a lot of people say this is this is a lifestyle; it's not a job. So you've got to come in this willing to work seven days a week for the 13 hours, 14 hours a day. Um, now you don't have to do that every day, but you need to understand that, you know, at least for the first couple of years until you get it figured out, it's, it's a grind. And the more you combine to that mentality, I think the more longevity you'll have. But if you, if you come to this going like, I'm gonna have the, every weekend off and two week vacation, uh, this is not the job for you. Um, the other thing I'd say is, Make sure you come into this overcapitalized. You see a lot of people who, you know, and, and to that same point, when you're buying things for your new store, if you get a new store, you don't need all the fancy stuff. 
You just buy the bare bones stuff, buy stuff that'll be practical until you can afford to buy the better stuff down the line. But I went in overcapitalized in the Eugene store and I was able to make moves while I was, you know, you know, I was making money, but I was not making anything real where I could buy something for the store. And if it was, you know, if we needed something, I'd buy it. And I didn't have to think about it twice because I knew I had it there. And I believed in the process that that was going to pay for itself at one point. But, um, if, if I hadn't made some of those moves or like, like buying the, buying the coolers, the beer coolers, that was, that paid back. I mean, I think I paid 500 bucks for each of those ended up get, and like ended up giving them all away because they're old and janky and the compressor is going to go out any day. Um, but you know, 500 bucks for one three door cooler that I know all of these vendors have at least something in their back room that they've that they've restored or whatever. Um, and you know, that beer vent, that beer cooler paid for itself in the first probably six months. If I would have just had it sitting on the floor on a shelf, you know, so that would be my advice and, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and try just to post 20% increases yeah. year over year straight away. That well, helps that, too. That's, that was Roger's <laughs> advice. And, and still oh, to right. this day, that is great advice. I mean, just, yeah, yeah. just do more, more in sales. Yeah. Do more in sales. It's so it makes it do easier. more in sales, spend less on stuff you don't need to overspend on. Makes sense. Okay. Gotcha. But, and the reason I, when people ask me, like, you know, I get these potential AOTs and they go, Hey, well, you tell me meet your story. And I go, I'm the like unicorn of this. Like, this is not normal. Like, this is not normal. Like, I just got lucky. I fell into a bowl of gold and like it's it's not fair. It's like it's not normal. So don't listen to me. <laughs> like, go talk to somebody else who had to struggle longer, you know? Sure. Sure. I did my struggling in Springfield. So that's how I look at there it. There you go. Yeah, that's where your the struggle bus was, right? Gotcha. Uh all right, Jake. Well, listen, I think we're gonna wrap this up, but before we do, do you do you have do you come equipped with a favorite quote? It's not words to live by. Uh it's one of those where like I don't believe in luck, but the harder I work, the luckier I get is is the one I like the best. Hey, I got one more thing for the new owners or AOTs. Okay. You got to build your tribe. And the tribe is um, other operators, usually in your area, but they don't have to be in your area, um, that you can bounce ideas off of. You can take your frustration out on. You can share similar experiences and how they dealt with it. Because um, there's going to be times when you get frustrated and you want to pick up the phone and call someone at corporate level or someone at the grocery outlet and you want to scream at the top of your lungs. And if you call that fellow operator, who hopefully is a good enough that'll listen to you. You won't, you'll keep your store. You won't get fired. So, <laughs> Don't do um, it. <laughs> a lot, most of the times those guys will talk you off the ledge and, or just let you talk and listen to how dumb you sound. And then you'll realize that uh, it wasn't that big a deal to begin with. Cause most of the time it's not. And most of the time it just is something that is, everything's temporary in life. So it'll get that too shall pass. This too right? shall pass. Well, sage advice, sage advice there, Jake. Uh, we really appreciate ha you uh, filling in here, coming on the podcast, making it happen. Uh, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. Uh, uh, if you guys ever have someone cancel on you again, and we can <laughs> talk about something else next time. But uh, okay. I really enjoyed yeah. this. I think, Maybe I the next time a, we'll just I think we have an whole... idea what we could have for the next one. We'll yeah, just, we'll devote a whole that. episode to talking about Eric Sapp. That's <laughs> the whole the whole thing. We'll just that's that's it. <laughs> All right, Jake. All right, gentlemen. Have a wonderful rest of your days. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. All right, so there was uh, Jakey Hoffman um, bailing us out, coming in the last uh, last minute here to to fill in. Did a he did a he did a pretty darn okay, somewhat good job for uh, a second uh, a second choice guess, I would say. You know, you, you compliment him so well. Let me yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean. <laughs> No, Jake's great. I love Jake. He's he's a uh, he's a character, and uh, and uh, it really was it was kind of him because he he had a full day of stuff today, uh, getting ready for the the launch of uh, Power HQ and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, and he was I was actually talking to him on the phone, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, Thursday, I'm I'm 
loading up with this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, hey. <laughs> Let me add one what, more thing. What, what do you say on Thursday? You come on the podcast instead. And he's so, uh, no, what a, what a good guy. Good, good sport. And, uh, uh, yeah, that cat, that kid has had a, has really truly had a meteoric rise. And I know he talked about, uh, you know, kind of falling into it and, you know, luck and, you know, yeah, that always has something to do with it, but he's done a lot of great things at that store and, and, hasn't hasn't stopped you know kept it going so right. and, and you know he talked about you know he feels like he just you know woke up in the in the uh, bowl of gold basically but i also I, I feel like we all did i mean i mean this opportunity we have that we get to do you know we don't have to do this uh but we we won this opportunity to be in this spot we're in to be able to, to do this as our as our career, uh, I, I mean, I I feel very humbled, and I and I always do, and I still say that that it feels very surreal and just uh, blessed beyond beyond what I can even say. And so when he said, you know, lucked out, I, I feel that a lot of us feel that very same way. I mean, you know, we've talked about how th- this company and and this opportunity is so it, it's it's stressful. And and it can be a lot. It can be overwhelming. Uh, but I want to give it up for the world. I mean, it, I would still do this much much earlier if I ever had the chance, um, as everyone says. But uh, I think we all fell into this bowl of gold. Is that what he said? Bowl of gold? Or I don't know. Yeah, I like just that. I was picturing Scrooge McDuck diving into you know Ducktales that whole thing. <laughs> so, so now we have the way your mind works yeah 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 everything goes back to ducktales or right you know those saturday morning cartoons for me <laughs> so moving on uh that being said we are so for next week okay can you guess who our guest will be well not next week next episode who our guest will be next episode well but we already talked about this in the intro sir well, we did. We talked about. It. We didn't confirm that she was coming on the next episode. Oh, okay. So sorry. All right. So there we go. Who, no. Well, who is yeah, it, no. Mike? Oh, tell well, me. Tell me. Well, gee, Dylan, let me let me tell you, buddy. We are gonna get Kia on this podcast. It's gonna happen. It's a it's a point of pride uh, now. So uh, so Kia uh, will uh, will be on our next episode, which. Uh, I'm definitely even even more so looking forward to talking to her. You know, uh, the anticipation is palpable, or or Gucci if you prefer. Oh wow! Okay, well, I hope your edit button works well, so you can maybe remove a few of those because I don't think we can afford that sponsor at this that, time. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I we'll mean, see, though, I don't I don't think you understand how sponsors work exactly, <laughs> but. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> well oh sorry uh at work w- when i when i'm a sponsor i always have to pay at work and so i'm gonna guess for them to be on we're gonna have to pay but you know yeah uh, okay we'll see, we'll sure. see. So, <laughs> some odd right, logic well, but we'll go with it <laughs> well i mean does anything ever really make sense in no, the end that no, we talked about no, no no it doesn't nope so, not at all all right my friend well i will see you next time sounds good you have a good day You as well.
Well, that's not. I mean, we have our wives and our kids and stuff, but you, you know, you're very important to us. And, and we really, really do appreciate you listening to the podcast. So thank you again. <laughs>